Gail Benwalt. And I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. Six Oklahoma City teachers were fired last week for refusing to wear masks. We examined a rare termination hearing for school district employees and the immediate response it prompted from state leaders. My co-host Nuria has been covering the latest saga at Oklahoma City Public Schools. How did all of this get started? Yeah, I'd say this started on August 13th when Oklahoma City Public Schools became the second school district in Oklahoma to announce that masks would be required in the district for this school year. Beginning on Monday, we're going to revise our return uh, to learn plan to include a requirement that all students and all staff wear a mask on district property and transportation systems. Obviously, that's flexible for when they can implement and take that away. That's not mask mandate, but mask requirement. That's a key differentiation that the district likes to make is still in effect. And that was first announced on August 13th. At the time, it was a big deal because a lot of districts were operating under the assumption that they were not allowed to do anything like that. There is a state law that took effect this summer, Senate Bill 658, that forbids school boards from implementing mask mandates unless the governor issues a state of emergency for that district's locality. So a lot of these districts were operating under the assumption that they couldn't do a mask mandate. But once these districts started to open for school and they started to see how many kids and teachers were out because of COVID cases and COVID exposures, there were a couple districts that just said, you know what, we're going to pull the trigger on this anyways. And Oklahoma City became the second one to do that on August 13th. Now, who are the teachers that are in the middle of all this? Yeah, there are six teachers. Um, five of them are tenured. Um, in, in the K-12 education world, uh, we... we use the phrase career teachers, but I think the phrase most people are familiar with are tenured teachers. So there are five tenured teachers and one non-tenured teacher. So the the teachers that we've got here, Jesse Paxton, James Taylor, Grace Trick, Nelson Trick II, and Jason Widener are the five tenured educators. And you have A.B. Branch Haig, who was a certified teacher in his first year uh, teaching in public schools at Capitol Hill Middle School. The rest taught at Roosevelt Middle School and Webster Middle School. Um, and each of these teachers showed up to work on August 16th, was, which was the first day that the district's mask requirement went into place. All six showed up to work refusing to wear masks. They showed up without masks with them. They were asked to put masks on and they made it very clear that they had no intention of complying with that district requirement. Are our mask requirements in public schools legal or illegal? Yeah, and that's an important question because these teachers said they viewed these requirements as illegal, especially at the time. SB 658 was passed by elected officials. They represent the will of the people. When I became a U.S. citizen six years ago, I took an oath to follow the law. We as educators should be the moral example for kids to follow. I refused to comply with an illegal mask mandate issued by this man on Friday, August 13th. For reasons of both conscience and morality, 
I cannot participate in an illegal action ordered by this superintendent under threat of termination. But the school district would argue that it is legal. Um, back when I first talked about Senate Bill 658, I mentioned that it forbids school boards from requiring masks unless the governor has issued a state of emergency for their area, which is a little bit of context. Governor Kevin Stitt has made it very clear he's not going to do that. He's, he said he's not going to do another emergency order because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So if he doesn't do that, no school board can require masks. But Oklahoma City Public Schools Superintendent Sean McDaniel said, this law mentions nothing about superintendents, so I'm going to implement this mask requirement myself. And he actually said he thought that he was on perfect legal footing to do so, that he wasn't breaking the law, that he was following the law, because he said it was specific to school boards, but not to him. And so it's an interesting look at whether it's legal or illegal. Um, A couple weeks later, on September 1st, you have a court ruling in Oklahoma County District Court um, over a lawsuit challenging Senate Bill 658, where a judge went ahead and said, okay, temporarily, until this case is resolved, school districts can require masks, as long as they give families the option to opt out, as long as students can opt out for medical, religious, or personal reasons, then it's okay. You can require masks as long as these opt-out options are available to students. What OKCPS did, though, is they offered these opt-out options to students, but they only said employees can opt out for medical needs. So if an employee has a religious or personal objection to this rule, that avenue is not available to them. And so these teachers all wanted to uh, opt out of mask wearing because of personal opposition to mask requirements. They didn't need a medical or religious accommodation. They never requested that. They just personally believed that they did not want to participate in this. Um, And so the school district then put them into their disciplinary process after that point. All right, so what happens next uh, with these teachers? Are they gonna lose their jobs? Right. So basically within 10 days of a teacher being suspended, if if you want to terminate them or rather terminate their employment, you have to make that recommendation within 10 days. So that's why we saw nine days later uh, these teachers being recommended for a termination hearing before the school board. Um, But around that same time on September 2nd, these teachers filed a lawsuit against the district. They, They took the district to court and asked a judge we believe that you know we should be reinstated and that our disciplinary record should be wiped clean. And on September 24th, a judge said, no, I'm not going to stop this termination hearing from happening. I'm not going to put a hold on this district's mask requirement. All of this can proceed. Now, that lawsuit is still ongoing, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But after that point, these teachers were basically told, you know, this termination hearing is going to proceed. And so at that point, they told the district, this is what their attorney said, they offered the district um, an alternative solution where they would agree to wear masks um, while these cases are ongoing. And they made that offer around September 30th, I would say. And the district refused. The district's general counsel said, there comes a point where their defiance cannot be overlooked. That, that was her quote on that. Please remember that students don't have a choice whether they attend school or not. By law, they're required to come to school. Employees are different. Employees don't have to come to school. They don't have to work for OKCPS. They have a choice. Students don't have a choice. These teachers had refused to comply for over a month. And so when they offered, after they 
were, were told that this termination hearing was going to continue as planned, when they offer to wear masks after that point, the district says, no, I'm sorry, we're, we're going to move forward with this. Um, and so that's why we saw that termination hearing proceeding uh, last week. So what does a termination hearing look like? Is it a court case or a, like a board meeting? What, what happens? Yeah, it's a scheduled board meeting where the school board is kind of acting almost as a jury, if I had to make a comparison. And then you have a, a separate official brought in who's kind of the the arbiter and the person overseeing and making sure that this this proceeding is going along properly. Um, and then you have the school district's attorneys um, on one side of the room, and on the other side you have the teachers and their attorney. And both sides kind of get to make opening arguments. They get to bring testimony and cross-examination, um, and then they get to make closing arguments. And the teachers themselves also get got to make comments and interspersed through this, the board members got to ask questions, although the questions were a little few and far between. I think, you know, after the termination hearing ended, then they went back into executive session, which is the private part of the meeting where they deliberated what they were going to do. They got to ask more questions in that part of the process as well. Um, but basically, it's similar to a trial. I mean, you have our attorneys making opening arguments, the superintendent of the school district um, got to kind of give his testimony to why he made this recommendation as to why these teachers should be fired. Um, the teacher's attorney cross-examined him, uh, and, and that lasted for a couple of hours. And then these teachers um, got to make comments of their own as to why, you know, they did what they did, why they, you know, what their perspective was. And, and then the board went into executive session, came back out, and voted unanimously to fire these teachers. Well, let's stay on the, the teachers for a second. The, um, what, what arguments did they and, and their attorney have to say? What was the reasoning behind um, not wearing a mask in violation of the school policy? Right. Um, and so I would say that the primary reason is they viewed this mask requirement as illegal. That's the argument that their attorney made, that the school district didn't have any legal grounds to require mask wearing in the first place uh, because of Senate Bill 658, and that these teachers viewed this as an illegal move by their district superintendent and one that they didn't want to participate in. This case is not about masks. <laughs> this case is about the rule of law. You know, they refused to comply with something that they believed was illegal, is what they said. Um, one of the teachers, uh, James James Taylor, said, you know, this isn't about masks for me. It's always been about the rule of law. And, you know, that, that's what he said. But I think at some level it, it is about masks because I think anybody who, if someone is not that opposed to mask wearing, they're probably not going to be willing to lose their job over it, right? So these teachers felt really strongly about this and refused to comply with this for weeks on end. And when it came time that their jobs were literally literally threatened over this, they fought back in court and they, at least initially, they lost. Now this, this lawsuit is still ongoing. So, you know, they're gonna live to fight another day and that's what they promised to do. But um, this was something that they were willing to, to risk their jobs over. Um, but their main argument here is that we don't think that this mask requirement was legal and we didn't want to engage in this. Pretty classic civil disobedience, right? I suppose so. 
So the, the Oklahoma City School Board voted unanimously to fire all the six teachers. Um, they have the lawsuit. Is, is everything in a holding pattern now, or do the, have the teachers said that they have uh, any plans uh, for, for anything else going forward? Yeah. So the first thing that their attorney said is they're going to add wrongful termination and breach of contract to that lawsuit. So they're adding a couple of new elements to this case um, in light of these teachers losing their jobs. That's the key addition here. Um, And they promise to keep that going and to keep fighting. Um, I don't know that any of them want to return to work at OKCPS schools. Um, I think, you know, they made it very clear, especially um, uh, Nelson and Grace Trick, who are are husband and wife, both, uh, you know, their kids are enrolled in this district. They have strong ties to this district. Grace Trick said that, you know, she graduated from OKCPS schools. They have a deep connection to the district community. um, and, And their attorney mentioned that, you know, they'll probably maintain some kind of relationship with the community of this district. But as far as working for them again, if they were to prevail in this lawsuit, I I, I don't know that they're going to want to come back. Um, But it sounds like, you know, they have had interest maybe from other districts that might want to hire them. I mean, there is a teacher shortage, you know, and here's six, six certified teachers who are willing to work. It's just they weren't willing to wear masks in a district that that was going to force the issue here. Other districts seem to have, I, I spoke with um, our Oklahoma's education secretary, Ryan Walters, who's a part of uh, Governor Kevin Stitt's cabinet. He said he wasn't aware of any other district that fired teachers over this, that everyone else kind of was able to work it out or, um, you know, allowed teachers to opt out like students could. OKCPS okay, is, is um, unique in, in actually firing teachers over this. So they could find jobs somewhere else. Um, but OKCPS okay, kind of took a stand and said, no, this is our rule. If you're not going to follow it, then you're not going to work here. So Governor Kevin Stitt jumped into the fray on the side of the teachers, came out, made a statement. Aside from political support, what can the governor do in this case? There's really not much that he can do besides, you know, urging OKCPS to rehire these teachers and urging other school districts to give them an opportunity. Um, because really, there's there's not much legally that the governor can do here. Um, right now, it sounds like their lawsuit is their best avenue to getting their jobs back or, or winning some kind of financial compensation from this. So... Not much the governor can do. Stitt jumped in. He said, you know, it was preposterous that these teachers lost their jobs over this. Um, And he, ironically, he said, you know, these were teachers who refused to follow an illegal mask mandate. Even though on August 13th, when this mask requirement was first announced, the the governor actually complimented it. He, He said, I think this is good that, you know, the district is giving students the opportunity to opt out. Uh, of this requirement. Um, So he was complimentary of it at the time. He didn't call it illegal at the time, but once six teachers lose their jobs over this, now he's starting to say, oh, well, this was an illegal mask mandate. So he he thought it was unreasonable that these teachers were fired over this. Um, And he urged OKCPS to hire them back or other superintendents in Oklahoma to give them a chance and and work in, in their school districts. They were fired because they wouldn't follow an illegal mask mandate issued by their superintendent. This is preposterous, especially in a time when talented teachers are needed more than ever. It's not too late to fix this. Sean McDaniel should bring these teachers back to the classroom as soon as possible. 
If not, I'm calling on other superintendents across the state to do the right thing. Do what's best for your students and hire these talented teachers in your district. And then we also saw Ryan Walters. He and um, the two top education committee officials in the state legislature, uh, Representative Rhonda Baker and Senator Adam Pugh, also uh, gave comment on this. They, along with Ryan Walters, said that they didn't like that in the middle of a teacher shortage, this district let go of six qualified teachers, um, five of whom were tenured, which meant that, you know, they had been teaching for quite a while. Um, you know, they didn't like that the potential impact on kids and families to lose this many teachers at once. But I think the school district's argument is, you know, these teachers knew the risk that they could be presenting by refusing to wear masks, the, the medical risk of that. And they chose not to do it anyways. So, Interesting both sides here, um, and, and at, at this point, you know, there's not much that can be done besides this lawsuit playing out. Well, Neria, thanks for following this story, and I'm, I know you'll keep us up to date if there are any uh, relevant uh, and interesting news bits to come out of the lawsuit or uh, this political fight that the governor has waded into. Thanks for, uh, for talking about this, and to our listeners, thanks for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at Oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.